day I went to the library. I found this book. It was great. It was so cool I couldn't put it down. Even when it got pretty late. That night I had a scary dream. I mixed my own secret potion. Added dirt, a bit of sludge, some eyes of flies, and a tiny dab of suntan lotion. I started shaking, my legs were quaking, my stomach aching, my brain was breaking. Started turning green, feeling mean. It was like in that story, I was acting strange, quite deranged. It was pure allegory. Allegory, a story where the characters stand for abstract ideas. For example, good and evil. Cause I was Jekyll, Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll, Jekyll, Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll Hyde. Incredible! I'm sorry. I'm, I feel bad. Our listening audience will not uh, be able to see Cat's dead-on uh, approximation of the face of John Malkovich. But uh, you know, let's everyone, everyone, let's hear your Malkoviches. Let's. See, I want to. I want. So I want a round of Malkovich impressions. I'll go first since Please. I suggested it. Um, so he is always enunciating as most as he possibly can. I am going to drink the potion. That's good. Mm. I his vibe didn't stand out for me in any particular way that I could um, that I could impersonate, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, except for when he was the the evil one. Can we just clarify which one is? the evil one again between oh, Jekyll and well, Hyde. This is, this is truly the thorny. Who is the monster and who is the man? I am always asking I, this. I, I, I keep saying. Who do I shoot? It's the same man! It's the same guy. Um, and they did nothing to make them <laughs> They put on a black wig. Oh, uh, we'll talk and, about it. And, oh, and we'll they about. took and they took off the like costume mustache and goatee. Yeah, they took off his like, little his, his <laughs> little soup catcher. Yeah, they, and he—they they might as well just put distinguish Jekyll and Hyde with Groucho glasses. <laughs> yeah, it was—it was Hannah Montana logic. Of... <laughs> Nobody so. recognizes him. Um, and it's so again, we—I just—I can't restrain. Like the 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 scene that is my Skype background, his big transformation scene where they oh. have like a little him grow out from inside of him. He has a go, quato. <laughs> he has he quatos. He has a sorcerer's stone Voldemort situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is, is that um, you didn't need to do that because the stylistic <laughs> choice you made was that he's just gonna look like John Malkovich the whole time. So it. <laughs> Fundamentally, makes no sense why he would grow into a new John Malkovich. No, 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 but it's not even like, okay, okay. Points for creativity. Every time uh, Jekyll drinks, A, he doesn't even drink the potion, he does the injection. Um, Boo, drink the potion. I know, it's boring, it sucks, it sucks. Um, drink of the he, beaker. He grows a baby that grows up into <laughs> Hyde. He grows it, a self it, baby. It, it doesn't start in the head. It starts in the stomach. He grows. He like gestates a baby that grows up, like and like takes over his head, takes over the body while the Jekyll head like sh- turns also turns into a baby and shrinks down. What I don't understand, which is like cool, if you're doing that to telegraph different faces. Cool. Even if it's the same face, cool. Why are there arms? Why is why does Hyde get his own pair of arms? 
This is all this is all fundamentally disturbing. It actually reminds me somewhat. Uh, I've been watching the Chucky films. I've been hanging out with my good friend Chucky, mm-hmm. and in Seed of Chucky. Uh, the evil doll Chucky and his evil doll wife Tiffany, played by Jennifer Tilly, artificially inseminate the real Jennifer Tilly to grow a new baby for their trans child to inhabit. And it takes about like 24 hours. And it's just the similar sort of gross overnight pregnancy mm-hmm. sort of situation that happens in Seed of Chucky, um, a movie that comes out long after this. Mm-hmm. Seed of Chucky, in which Julia Roberts is, like, the shorthand for big movie star every female actress wants to be. Mm-hmm. And, but I will say, to uh, the Seed of Chucky's credit, it's a Chucky movie. Like, that kind of <laughs> gross. <laughs> kind of, yeah, especially by the time you get to the fifth Chucky movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where we have abandoned uh, logic and reason long ago. Yeah. Um, it's, right. it, 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 where it's just a live-action cartoon. Like, it is, like, like Chucky yeah, yeah, yeah. and Tilly are basically, like, bu- are like Babs and Buster Bunny from, like, the Tiny Toons. Yeah. Um, it's sick, and it rules. It, it's, it's great. I love it. Um... Mary Riley is a, like, slow, is a smoldering, like, period, like, thriller. Yeah, there, it's a, it's a, <laughs> there doesn't it's a very, need to totally... be this, like, grisly body horror. Like, even in the finale. It's, it's not, it, it just doesn't suit the tone we're going for. No, it's, it's, uh, extremely, extremely bizarre. And in, like, you know, because monster transformations are... Uh, an interesting staple in in cinema history, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, when you're doing a big monster movie, how many times do you show a transformation? When do you show a transformation? When you're when you need to go from like regular man to you know magical girl transformation into werewolf, mm-hmm. like what is that process like? Um, because sometimes it's like Twilight New Moon where it's just like zoink and then suddenly they're like a wolf. You know, it takes like zero mm, seconds. Are they where they're basically wild shaping. They're druids. All yeah. in the Twilight universe, right. werewolves are druids. And they wild shape into a wolf. Whereas like an American werewolf in London, a prisoner of Azkaban, like we're gonna take some time and we're gonna show this guy getting a little fucked up. We're gotta, gonna we're gonna really take some, some time. Some bone crunchy some, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta get a guy going like this like their bones are changing shape they're turning into a wolf exactly they gotta, I, they gotta look in pain i gotta see the feet grow the extra joint like i need oh to i gotta see, see the feet like, slip the out of the feet, shoe yeah i need to see like the feet elongate until like the heel is another knee i need to see that stuff we need to be reminded why turning into a werewolf is not cool and badass. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's so cool and badass. You yeah. ask anyone, you're like, yeah, I would love to be a werewolf. And then you watch like a scene like that, and you're like, right, there are drawbacks to being to being a cool werewolf. <laughs> I had forgotten. You have to get is your a shots. werewolf a metaphor? Yeah, yeah, you have to get like your you have to go to the vet. You gotta get you gotta get your baby shot. The vet gotta spay you, the werewolf spayer. Hey, you, got, you, you, you gotta, gotta get it. your heartworm medicine. You gotta take, like, the flea and tick stuff you dab on your back. Hey, Universal Pictures, I got a great new Universal horror movie for you. It's called The Werewolf Spayer. <laughs> and their job is to spay werewolves so they can't reproduce. <laughs> they th- Everyone thinks spay they're a werewolf slayer, and that's not what they do. They don't, they catch and release. There's Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer, and then there's Muffy. 
<laughs> the werewolf spare. Okay. Spare. See that? That's good. That's now really, really good. Now, <laughs> now that's a now that's a picture. Now that's a show. It's a workplace mm-hmm. sitcom. Um, and you know, and they uh, they 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 bring in magical creatures and spay and neuter them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's your classic The Office. It's shot like The Office, but it's a vet. But it's yeah. magical creatures that need some TLC. Mm-hmm. The more I'm TLC. staring at this baby background, the more I'm feeling. I'm feeling a couple of things. I'm feeling a little like desensitized by gross little fetal things like that because we live in an era where you're constantly getting images of it from like pro-lifers being like this is what (laughs) human life is this This is what human life is at one second at one Mm -hmm. second it looks like this don't you think it's beautiful don't you want this precious thing safe don't you think? Yeah, if you want me to keep it around, don't show me the sickest, nastiest little thing yeah. I've ever seen in yeah. my entire life. No, yeah, yeah. Sorry if I'm skeptical. I want to ensure smooth ET lives yeah. to draw another it looks, breath. I, mean, I really want to take care of the fucking eraser head baby. That's not. Yeah, what I exactly. Want. Like to be. <laughs> That's not what I want. This is this is what I'm seeing when I see an image like that. I'm seeing like a like a transformation like this, mm-hmm. like a little like tapeworm human like it looks like a failed mid transformation situation it looks like the little guy they find in the man suit in men in black do you know what i mean like it looks like like a little freak in the in the Mm -hmm. old man body yeah um that's what it looked you show me they're like do you want to kill this and it's the worm from men in black like those four nasty worms who live in the coffee shop the ones that like like, cat call and like smoke cigarettes yeah, and it's like, the ones who, like are you trying to? TV? Are you trying to shame me? Are you trying to be like, you find this thing ugly, don't you? And you want it dead, and then you're like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do, I do. I, do I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to look at it. You want to look at it? If I saw that on the um, floor, like in my room at night or something, I would squish it. Yeah. I would like, yeah. Uh, well, it's the All... same way that like baby birds are like kind of repulsive because yeah. they're like, nasty freaks. Yeah, if you showed me a baby bird photo and was like, you must save this life or you're going to hell, I'd be like, okay. (laughs) Well, bye. See you. Like, I'm like, shit. (laughs) Put the law away, officer. They're like, are you sure you want to throw out this cake? And then they pull out a cake that's like burned on the outside and complete goo on the inside. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? The- it's not done. It's not done yet. <laughs> Whereas babies are supposed to be like nature or God decided that like babies are cute so that we don't kill them. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why they're so cute. That's why we find them cute. So that we're not like right. so annoyed that we're like, I'm going to kill. I'm going mm-hmm. to kill you. Oh, my God. Um, this thing won't shut up. Exactly. Um, but it's so cute, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. that's how I get away with my crimes for being so cute. Right. And, um, <laughs> Kevin's just a you, little birthday boy. You're taking that away when you show me a fucking <laughs> ultrasound. I don't want to, s- I, I don't like ultrasounds where the, where, where the baby turns to, like, turns to the microphone and points at the listener. <laughs> <laughs> like, it points at the screen. <laughs> I like an ultrasound. You're like, oh, honey, I think our baby is like kicking and it's doing like a conga line. And it's going, hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> see that? See, that was actually the worst part of Son of the Mask was the baby. Was this, this is, like, 
And this is famously a Son of the Mask podcast, where we break down <laughs> yes, beat is. for beat. Every, every week, this is Son of the Mask Minute. Every every week we cover one minute of the Jamie Kennedy, Alan Cumming starring vehicle, Son of the Mask. Where the dog turns into a mask, and also the baby turns into a mask. No, 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 the baby doesn't turn into a mask. The baby just has, like, mask energy. The baby That's is right. made I with, forgot. like, mask... Well, t- technically, in a deleted scene, the baby is made with mask sperm. Like, here's the yeah, thing. I forgot about here's that. Here's the thing. I identify as trans mask, but people have been misunderstanding it the whole time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of it. I'm well, like, because no, you no, keep no. going, you I'm not keep screaming, trans-masculine. somebody stop me. You keep, <laughs> you, you're always talking about how you're smoking. Cat, <laughs> you're, 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 you're always, like, cat, you never use doors. You just smash through them, leaving a perfect silhouette. <laughs> any okay. time, anytime you like fall in love with anyone, your jaw drops and your tongue unfurls across. The you keep floor. calling yourself Cuban Pete, and that's not okay. You so can't you're keep saying doing... there's signs. You're saying there were signs. There were signs. Um, and uh, you know, I am seeing that the mask is streaming on Max. Uh, so maybe I gotta watch the mask. I've never seen it. Maybe it's mask time. It mask is, for mask. It is a Jekyll Hyde esque movie. Exactly. A Jekyll Hyde archetype. Uh, and listen, I'm sure we'll get into the history of uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde uh, because this movie's uh, boring as shit. Uh, <laughs> but this is, of course, Run the Julia's, uh, the only podcast brave enough to uh, talk about every single cinematic work of one of our finest movie stars, Julia Roberts. I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan. And when I want to get angry, a little me grows out of my chest and turns into a new me. <laughs> this was like the first draft of the Hulk. And they were like, I yes. don't know. <laughs> yeah, Robert Louis Stevenson was on some early first draft shit. But they didn't figure out why the Hulk was c- cool and good. Right. I'll talk about it. I just read this book. We're going we're gonna to talk a lot of hide shit here. I'm also a podcast host on this project, and I'm Kat Scott, and I just, you know, I apologize because we were eventually going to choose a film like this. We were going to have to, we were going to have to go there. do a bad one eventually. Because we, ha- we went through some hot, hot and heavy Some bangers. Hitters. Yeah, some bangers the first few, and so yeah, now we're kind of... We're kind of here. There's still some left, guys. It's like, please stick with us. But Plenty we, we, of bangers, but we, we had it too good for too long. Yeah. Which yeah. <laughs> is why I'm on board. Hi, it's me, Justin Germeroff. <laughs> if you've listened to a podcast with Kevin Lanigan, I'm probably in it at some point. He's He's been around uh, at some point, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, j- Justin, genuinely you are... honored, happy to be here. Of course. Justin and thank you so is much the little guy. This. Growing out of your collarbone. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the baby. <laughs> Justin is my hobby. Everybody loves me. Yeah, I'm the baby. Gotta love me. Um, and famously, I'm not the mama. Uh, but yes, Justin, you are a close enough friend of mine that I could uh, torture you with some horse shit. But yeah. I think this is like some horse shit that you might find like interesting or a topic of discussion, right? Like oh, I know it, you well enough yes. that like it would it would generate some thoughts for you as opposed mm-hmm. to like if we gave you. Eat, pray, love. If we gave you the ant bully, you might struggle a little I, bit more to come up with some topics. Well, Kevin, I'm the one. I actually two days showed you a, I think, very interesting point of discussion on the ant bully, which is which I won't dis, which I won't elaborate. Yeah, bookmark on. it. Bookmark, bookmark it. Come it. back um, whenever the fuck we do the ant yeah. bully. <laughs> Not soon enough. <laughs> yeah, people are barking down my door. 
this will be the second episode in a row with some healthy ant bully discussions. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, but we are we are here because it's ooh, it's October, it's just spooky. And Julia has a maximum of maybe two movies that you could think of as spooky. I would say uh, maybe and, one and, whole one. <laughs> One whole one between the two, right? Between this and Flatliners coming to you next October. Um, there's, like, <laughs> maybe two spooky movies in her entire filmography. And uh, one of them, of course, Mary Riley. Mary Riley. Mary. Oi, my name's Mary Riley. Uh, and, uh, yes, where Julia Roberts famously does an Irish accent. Um, what could generously be called an Irish accent. Uh, Julia, if this is the episode you're listening to, d- don't. Go to the one of the other ones. This is not going to be... You're not going to like this. If you've yeah. gotten 15 minutes into our <laughs> abortion discussion on this podcast. Yeah, Julia's just sitting in hair and makeup right now on whatever project she's on, and she's like, who's making podcasts about me in 2023? And she's just... She's screening them. She's going through each one. She's probably doing, like, some, like really intense like physical effects where she has to like turn into like a gorgeous goblin and sit in a chair for eight hours so she's just going through every podcast and she's already listened to the first few of ours and now she's on this one and yeah now that you've made it here um just just skip skip to the next one you'll like closer you'll like closer you'll yeah like you'll love the closer episode Nichols vember is gonna be good for you but uh, i just i just wouldn't i just i just, I just wouldn't listen to this one julia i'm sorry um uh uh, uh so this 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 uh, film directed by uh stephen frears uh and uh, uh the director of uh dangerous liaisons among other films he's had he's had a fairly robust and healthy career over the years um but this comes as a rash of Sony Pictures, then Columbia and TriStar, attempting to essentially make their own Universal Monsters universe. You know, doing all the all the hits, the Dracula, the Frankenstein. This is Marvel. The Jekyll and Hyde. They were trying to Marvel before Marvel. I mean, the films are not very connected, but they were, over a period of, like, four years, they did four movies where they rebooted classic monsters, but took them closer to the original text or at least a text in in the instance of mary riley uh this the the first one of these and by far the best one of these is francis ord coppola's uh dracula uh starring gary oldman which is a beautiful incredible crazy movie um and then uh you have uh, Frankenstein, directed by directed by and starring Kenneth Branagh, uh, featuring Robert De Niro as Frankenstein's monster, um, a, a nutso butso movie with some interesting stuff in there. It's kind of a kind of a watchable thing. Uh, and then, of course, you also had Wolf, directed by Mike Nichols, starring Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. and and then uh, this here film, uh, which is an adaptation of a book by the same name, uh, where. Uh, Valerie Martin went in and kind of created her own OC to hang out with with uh, Jekyll and Hyde. She made someone um, to uh, pitch uh, the Jekyll and Hyde happening at her. Yes, exactly. Which is which is a good um, angle uh, to to kind of take the story from, and you know, kind of a kind of did this as a a wicked style the story you didn't see behind the story. Um, as as research for this episode, I did 
listen to an audio book of The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, as read by Christopher Lee. Um, every year I've been going back and I've been uh, exploring one classic horror novel and just like, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, War of the Worlds, these things that we're all kind of familiar with, but what is the original text and how have we fucked it up? Um, and the thing about The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is that it sucks. It's boring. <laughs> um we did not know what was scary back then. We did not know about ghosts. We did not know about bats, skeletons, witches. Uh, Robert Louis Stevenson is like, is inheritance law scary? And we're like, no, not not really, Robert. Um, the the the, and then you know, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde spun out of this tiny little like hundred and twenty page book, um, and has blown out into a. Broadway musical and uh, multiple adaptations. He shows up in things like Van Helsing, uh, starring Hugh Jackman, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He is their Hulk, and that is basically what the character has become in pop culture. It's become more he's, than that. he's the it's Hulk. Become like shorthand, like Doctor, like the Jekyll and Hyde is like what it, when you think of like oh, there's like one guy and he's got like two personalities. That's it. You think of Jekyll yeah. and Hyde, right? It is the way I've only really heard. I I don't know a lot of media references of Jekyll and Hyde. I mostly know it in a very different context, which is that it's referenced in um, the arguably culty literature of Alcoholics Anonymous when (laughs) when talking about a particular kind of alcoholic that is like a totally cool, chilled guy, fun to be around, whatever. And then gets into his drink and becomes an absolute terror. And so I've also heard it in contexts of people like who have bipolar, usually in more insensitive circumstances. But um, the alcoholic is usually where I hear the reference to Jackal and Hyde the most. Yes, and I, I the original text it makes allusions to that as well. Uh, characters drawing comparisons to that. In this film, it seems more of a abusive. It's it's like an abuser. The way an abuser will like turn the turn the switch, yeah. dur- turn it's, the knob. Um, it's very sadomasochistic. Sure. Yeah, it's very sadomasochistic. You know, and the film draws very direct lines between her father, the the Michael Gambon character who horribly abuses her, and this new man in, in her life, um, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And, uh, you know, I don't, we, I don't know how effective that line being drawn is, but it's, but it's there. It's a fundamental, fundamental yes. element of, of the film. Uh, Julia, of course, recently eulogized uh, Michael Gambon on on her Instagram after this. This is the this is the one time where they worked together, but she apparently they got along very well. Good. Aww. Uh, Julia I has also not so. weighed in on recent events, and you know what? Good for you, Julia. You know, but and most celebrities shouldn't. Yes, most celebrities shouldn't. You should not be uh, Tara Strong. Yeah. <laughs> Tara Strong doesn't need to weigh in on the Israeli-Gaza war. But boy, is she weighing in on it. Uh, that thing. That I was like, there's so events. many things always afoot. Like, I don't That's know which. That's true. I thought it was a general statement of like, Julia Roberts, never talking about current events. That girl's never nostalgic on... as fuck. I mean, I mean she doesn't seem to be both. talking much about current events. Yeah, she's not, she's not much of a poster julia she's not she's not she's not out posting and that's fine she's out eulogizing michael gambon Mm -hmm. r.i.p 
which we all need to be doing. Which y'all need to be doing. Go back, watch a couple, watch some Wes Anderson films. He's lovely in a couple of those. Watch toys. Watch toys. Watch Michael Mann's The Insider, where he plays a Southern tobacco uh, company owner, and he's like. Well, I say your cigarettes uh, have no harmful effects on the human body. Oh, you gotta watch the the cook, the thief, his wife, her lover, if you can. If you can find it, yeah. I've I've been on a quest to find a good usable copy of that film for some time. If you want to throw down a cool $120 on a DVD, uh, an out-of-print DVD, go for it. Live your dreams. But Mary Riley, I don't know. It seems like we're all maybe in kind of the same spot in this we didn't love this one. We didn't. We weren't over the moon for this one. It didn't really feel like it. It had anywhere to go. It. It felt like it was just. It felt like it was trying to do like Jekyll and Hyde, but with that like '90s sexual like sexuality, where like oh we can we can talk about fucking. This is this is the era of the erotic thriller. We can. It was the it was the era of the erotic thriller and the period drama, and even more specifically, the erotic period drama. Yeah, literally, um, it, like they tried to do. Mm, da- they tried to do. Jekyll and Hyde as dangerous liaisons. Yeah, the, dangerous liaisons the from the same director. Period thriller. Yeah, also starring, also starring John Malkovich and Glenn Close. You also got the piano. You know, is like uh, you know a, a winning best picture a few years before this. A very sexy period film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah, this was the era where that was where that was going down, where that was mm-hmm. happening. We loved period drama. Martin Scorsese's *The Age of Innocence*, a, a mm-hmm. deeply erotic period film. Um, I'm gonna have to write these down. I love a I love a, a corset ripping oh, situation. A, a, a bodice shredder. Yeah, if, if a bodice goes unripped, count me out. Not interested. If, if, if they use <laughs> Waste the word of a bodice. If you use, if they use the term bosoms, you're in for a good time. Bodices are for ripping. I don't know what else they're for. Mm-hmm. They exist to be ripped. But um, but so. I, I, as I remember, like, from, from the book, they don't really go into, like, the indulgences Jekyll wanted to access and to, like, basically launder his, and the things he wanted to launder his guilt about through, like, compartmentalizing everything and to hide. Like, we don't yes. actually know. Like, it could be alcohol. It could be gambling. It could be, it could be sex. It could be homosexuality. We don't actually know. The, yeah, the book really only phrases it as like, I want to be a wild and crazy guy. Yeah. I, I want to be, I want to get a little cuckoo because like- He wants well, to be the, the mask. Yeah, despite the fact that like, you know, in popular culture, Mr. Hyde is like a big Hulk. In the book, he's just sort of a slightly large and ugly man. Uh, like, and mm-hmm. he kills like one person. Uh, and, and, you know, let's, I'm, listen, I'm not for killing one person, but, like, that's all you got for me? He kills mm-hmm. one guy? But, cause, like, most of the book is, like, the executor of Dr. Jekyll's will, like, trying mm-hmm. to track down, it's like, he wrote in this Mr. Hyde guy. Who is this guy? And they're just, like, trying to find him. And it's two-thirds and of the like, book. Well, there, I think there is horror, and I think there is horror in being a, for the most part, at least thinking, considering yourself a morally upstanding citizen, and mm-hmm. then realizing, like, I want to gotta go crazy. I want to just let loose, and you find yourself letting loose enough that you kill a guy. 
Princess Daisy leaning forward and saying, don't you just want to go eat shit? Yeah. It, exactly. Like, that. there's horror to that. Because Jekyll and Hyde is about losing control. It is about, like, and, like it, it, it's about letting go and how that can go awry. Mary Riley tries to ground that firmly into sex into sex and violence or yeah because like most of the violence like because not most of it but a lot of the violence is tied to sex such as Je- like Jekyll like good good Malkovich like sexualizing and over inquiring about Mary Riley's like abuse scars. Yeah, um, and there's, like, the, the when they go to Glenn Close's, you know, bordello or whatever, and there's, like, the murdered woman who's basically been, like, exploded yeah, <laughs> all over the back. Like, ceiling. it's so, it's so much. Yeah, there's blood on the ceiling. It's, it's a lot. Um, and there's brutality throughout this movie. Obviously, like, when we cut back to, you know, the Michael Gambon scenes, it's just, like, really fucking unfortunate and uncomfortable we watch them just like kill and skin and eel in, the, in this film yeah, th- that's like um, the, that's like the second <laughs> that's yeah, like the, the second, second scene, scene in the film she gets hired and then we just watch like an eel get like <laughs> killed and skinned mm-hmm. it's very it's very unfortunate what did the eel ever do to anybody eels are cool we literally don't know where they come from well it's a well i i, I don't I know the I, sea. I read that as like establishing a sort of i I don't know i read the eel as a phallic symbol that's literally de-blooded and like skinned Mm. there is no there is no like there is no hardness there is no erect dick in the house until hyde shows up but that 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 trust me that's grasping at eels that it is (laughs) slippery eels slippery eels i can't get a grasp of it it was the, the the only benefit of that scene was we got to see Mary Riley have a dream about it where it just turns to the camera and screams a little bit. <laughs> turns to the camera and goes, Take me to the river! Take <laughs> me to the river! It's a big mouth Billy Bats. Means, wow, a, I loved that thing me, as a kid. Give me so that cool. filet fish! Give me that fish! Yeah, yes. exactly. Advanced stuff. Mm-hmm. Advanced I want to see an eel talk like the SpongeBob newscaster fish. Yes, breaking news. I have you know a question. I have a, yes. I have a question. I have a lot of questions about this movie, but I think my brain <laughs> is doing that thing of when it doesn't like something, it tries to just like forget as many details as possible mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. Period. So it is Period. absolutely. It, it is slipping it, it, through it, my, call my it fingers my like childhood. an eel. <laughs> That's for my childhood, which remember. I don't remember. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but back to what I'm trying to remember, there was a scene. So after I watched this, I watched like 90% of it and then <laughs> fell asleep and had to watch the last part in, in the light of day. And but it's so um, thrilling. <laughs> I had to watch, yeah, the very the end of it. The sexual tension. It's so palpable. Well, the reason that I couldn't get into the sexual tension is because everything was so tenuous that I couldn't f- figure out what, if there was an undercurrent, like <laughs> what the undercurrent of sexual assault was and where it where it existed and didn't exist. So that that part wasn't wasn't a fun mystery. The question that I have is there's a point where Hyde kicks 
a girl. There's a little girl and oh, she's yeah. running. She's running so yeah. fast. And we don't know why. And then he kicks the shit out of her. And I had yeah. to go back and be like, okay, that wasn't a flashback. And I was confused because as I was watching it, I was like, so he was there watching her whole childhood and he just wasn't he hasn't aged and then i like eventually went back and was like that's a different little girl who's roughly the same age Mm -hmm. why what was that just to show random violence why was she running so fast was she running it's drawing the i think it's drawing it's trying to draw in case it wasn't you know like smacking you over the head with it before it's like trying to draw that direct line between mary's abusive father and mm-hmm. dr jekyll and mr hyde you know just like it, trying it, to draw that that it's trying that to draw straight connective tissue complex which is like the female equivalent of an edible complex right and why she might be drawn to this person yes in a sexual way but also as like a as a nurturer or as like a something it's very kind of nebulous existing in her headspace you know what i mean and julia god helper is saddled with the accent and just i feel like she cannot give a performance because she cannot say a sentence without like having to really think about it Especially since Malkovich quickly establishes accents were optional. You could yeah, have, absolutely. <laughs> they were yeah. also Glenn Close. You 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 could uh, you could have picked any accent you wanted. Like they yeah. everyone could have talked like pirates or cowboys, and it wouldn't have mattered. Right. Yeah, I'm very curious about what the accent conversations were like. Whose choice the Irish accent was. Um, <laughs> And, and why they weren't stopped. Do you know what I mean? I right. just, like... And I know that, you know, it's 1996. Julia Roberts is a is a huge, huge movie star. I But I, I guess you do get to a certain point where, like, no one goes up to you and says, like... Hey. Um... No. Do we just want to give it, like, another thought? Do we want to <laughs> just not... Do we want to just not do the accent? Because it's, like... It's, I'd heard it was bad. It's really bad. It's like she cannot sustain a, it for an entire sentence. So she's like, yeah, my father works in the darn. And then she like slip into her southern accent really quick. And then it'll just, it's it's a mayaz. It's a disaster. <laughs> she takes a it's quick a dis- stop in Steel Magnolias on her way right, down to Aaron on her way, And she, she, yeah, she, then she stops through Connecticut to get a slice of Mystic Pizza. And then she, <laughs> then she just like drives all her. Yeah, it's, it's, I, someone, someone should have stopped this Mm -hmm. this movie felt like a punishment to her because like thinking about how famous she was and and the work and the craft that she was working with in this and her role like this is technically a movie where she's the title character and nothing about it felt like it felt like we just like were forced to kind of follow this person through yeah. the movie, but it didn't feel like she was the lead of the movie. No, because she's and- Forrest Gump. This movie happens at her yeah. while she's just like you. There's a reason why there's a there's a whole very successful story without Mary Riley. It's called I just the started running case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. We don't need Mary Riley. Is at is supposed to show like another perspective but by trying to force her into every important story beat that happens 
where and trying to forge this this like relationship with this like famously kind of isolated character it just yeah. creates a sense of like artifice it's like telling the story of like the phantom of the opera from the perspective of a janitor who ha- who just saw everything the phantom did and became his best friend like you, <laughs> could, honestly... you could do that but that sounds good. I don't know. That sounds good. I don't, you just describe that. I would watch it. Uh, but I no, you're you're totally right. I completely completely get what you're saying. We're just adding this like extraneous character to this story. You know, like there there just like is not a woman mm-hmm. in the original story. Not I'm not saying that no. That there is a maid in the, in the original story. story, but she's yeah, an but she's not like a character. Yeah, she's not a character. She's not she's not really a character. And like. As we were discussing in the, in the Notting Hill episode, the previous episode, I mean, this is the moment where, like, the Julia Roberts star project tempo- temporarily completely falls apart. Someone, let's say, I don't know, Julia Roberts' agent, was making some really bad decisions in this, because this is the same year where she acts in Everyone Says I Love You, the Woody Allen musical. Um, Julia Roberts, not known for her, her singing bravado, um, nor is anyone in every way says I love you, but it, it was, it's just a, it's a critical, bizarre misstep along the way. Um, this is happening, you know, and then she's in like Michael Collins, which is about like Irish revolution. Is she doing another Irish accent in this? Like just some critical critical errors were being made in the year 1996 before she's gonna write that ship with my best friend's wedding the next year before she's like she's she's in month three of mary riley and she's like get gary marshall on the phone right now we're doing we're making something you know what i mean i would too because i would if i was doing this right now if i was if i was doing this film and let's say let's say like i okay here's here's where here's the timeline for me i just shot the only scenes with glenn close first (laughs) so i'm feeling good you know i'm feeling like this is a really good movie because these scenes were were fire it's dynamic like i don't have to do my best because glenn close is doing the work and like this is gonna be good and then, and then I, we start shooting the other scenes, and suddenly John walks on set, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. you know, John Malkovich, like he's talented, whatever, like it's gonna be okay. But then, then we start filming like the dad sequences, or like the alone mm. in her room scene, and and then but suddenly ew. you're like, I'm, I'm trapped, and I can't get out. I'm stuck. And I'm I'm here peeling eels. Like what what am I supposed to do? And wow, this is the same year as one hundred and one Dalmatian starring Glenn Close. Yeah. I just I found that out and I think that's I think that's phenomenally interesting. I mean, well, this, I, well, this this was the year that Glenn that Glenn Close realized no one can stop her. Yeah, she's a star now because of dangerous liaisons, mm-hmm. right? Like she's she's taken off like a fucking hot rocket. Mm-hmm. And what does she care if Mary Riley's not good? Everyone's gonna walk out of it going, "Well, like, but Glenn Close was really good." Right. That's exactly. <laughs> Glenn, same thing. That is exactly. Same yeah. thing with Hundred and One Dalmatians. It, and like, and kind of play and like again, same with this. No one will tell her, Glenn, can you take it down? 
to like you a dial 10. it just like ooh. <laughs> like, like, you're, at a, a 10. you're at a twelve, maybe a fourteen. Can we just get it to a ten? No, 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 no. Absolutely and they would have been not. wrong to make that adjustment. No, Absolutely no. not. This was a beautiful performance. Oh, it was. I agreed. Agreed. I was obsessed with her. And it was like the only thing tethering me to this project was like, 100%. Mm-hmm. I had an obsession and I went back and I watched all of her scenes mm-hmm. just to, to because Absolutely. I was, I was too much of a hater in the middle of it while it was happening. <sighs> I couldn't appreciate it. So I went back and I was like, whenever she's on screen, I'm going to watch it again. And it wasn't a lot of scenes, but uh, no. it was, it was amazing. I don't know. The movie, yeah, this like, was a- you could have done a way more interesting movie if, it was Glenn Close as Jekyll and Hyde's madam. Like, what if she's a madam for girls? all the universal monsters? What if, like, the werewolf comes in looking for a for a gal? What if Dracula comes in mm-hmm. looking for a gal? Um, like, she has to make the invisible man wear a condom so she can see where she is. Exactly, exactly. Um... Because this was, I watched this movie in like six chunks. I mean, it took, I was, it took a while. The biggest chunk of this movie I watched all at once was when I was making chili. (laughs) Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't focus on this movie for the life of me. And I can watch, I can pay attention to any movie for its entire duration. I was just really struggling with this. And I brought this movie up to people several times, you know, in prep to watch it or in prep to do this episode. And people are like, well, I mean, like, maybe it's not great, but like, but John Malkovich as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I'm like, you will not believe how not interesting John Malkovich is in this movie. And I am a I am a Malko bitch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I love some John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, his performance as Cyrus the Virus in Con Air is a deeply important performance See, that, that to me. that should have been the Hyde he brought. <laughs> exactly. But, he, but the movie, unlike the movie Con Air... An American masterpiece. Mary Riley is trying really hard to be good. Mary Riley is trying really hard to be important. Trying really hard to make, like, silly source material into, like, legit adult (laughs) fare. At the expense of having any fun. Mm -hmm. Only Glenn figured out how to have fun in this. Only Glenn. And, like, maybe the special effects guy who made little baby Mm -hmm. John Malkovich inside of John Malkovich, right? Like, those are the only two people in this movie who had a good time. And... It, it's at the expense of everything. It's it's you you gotta horror movies are supposed to be fun. I'll say it. Yeah, you know, and even like even like the most serious horror movie you're gonna watch, like The Exorcist, mm-hmm. is still like a real good time. The Exorcist I, is a good hang. So, but I, I'd also argue it defeats the purpose of the whole thing that started it all. With like Bram Stoker's Dracula is like it's not the cold like lofty um still gothic horror it's like a rip-roaring adventure where like everything is gunned at or everything is has the pedal to the floor um the movie just like hurdles with this intense momentum where like even in like the quiet moments in like castle drac like in like transylvania there's a huge energy with everything. Everything is heightened to 11 from the like crazy costumes and set design and camera work to like these intense, like almost melodramatic, soapy performances. Um, even, you know, yes. God, even God bless him, uh, Keanu Reeves, he's still like p- 
he's trying something. He he he's playing to like he's he's playing to the nosebleed seats. He's like he, yes, and 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 Dracula is trying. Dra- Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, is like. There's not a scene in that movie where they're not trying to do a crazy shadow or a fucked up light effect or right. like, oh, someone's going to read a journal. So we're going to put the journal in the bottom half of the screen and have a train go by in the mm-hmm. top, you know. Like, and we're going to rear project just Dracula's eyes over everything. Um, yes, we're going like, to keep it interesting. We're going to keep in a it lively. green and red palette, like in everything. We're going to color correct everything. So it's this color palette. There's an Dracula to like opens with Gary Oldman like stabbing a cross and blood comes out and he says God sucks and he it, drinks a big it, goblet it of blood. Like, with an evil puppet show. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, like, they, like Mary Riley is Mary Riley is trying to just do Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde's does Dangerous Liaisons. A restrained like it's, it's a very like it's a movie where everything is subtext. Everything is between the lines. Everything yeah. is wrapped up in these in these tight suits and um, corsets, and it's everyone trying to, in the most polite and indirect way, ruin each other's lives. <laughs> which is which is a great which is great. It's it's amazing. There's a reason Dangerous Liaisons is a good fucking movie, but it's yes. that is antithetical. To the energy and dynamism that Bram Stoker's Dracula brought, and what Mary Shelley's Frankenstein half accomplished, like Mary Shelley Frankenstein with Bram with um, Kenneth Branagh as a like barrel-chested, lantern-jawed Doctor Frankenstein, like a man, like what if who refuses to wear a shirt? Yeah, will not he, put he a looks shirt on. like he looks like a Harlequin novel cover. Um, yeah, he looks beautiful. He's 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 right. fucking he's stacked as hell in that it's, movie. It, Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, no, he's he's cuts up. His tits are out and his tits are huge. Um, his hair is long. His his, his skin is 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 glistening. Um, and there's a whole scene where he like wrestles a, a an ass out Frankenstein's monster in eel slime. <laughs> Yeah, they have a nude lube wrestling competition. Like, say what you will about that movie, but like, it it it's trying really yeah. hard to be crazy. It, At a certain it, it, point, they turn Helena Bonham Carter into a she Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and she breaks a big lantern over herself and it, sets the whole house on it fire. Leans, like, it's oh, cool. it also does not hide the like stepsist, and that is the like core romantic plot. Yeah, when he makes when he makes his stepsister turducken at the end of that movie, yeah, it's really it's really it's really something. It's really it's, a picture. Let it, me tell it, you, it, it's something that really doesn't reach the loftiness of Bram Stoker's Dracula because it's not directed no. by Francis Ford Coppola. It lacks a certain competency, but what it lacks craft. in competency, it it, it lacks. A, a certain elegance of craft, but it's still I don't know. It's pretty fun. Mm. You you can watch that and have right. A pretty good time. Whereas Mary Riley completely forgets that it's about a guy who transforms into a big monster. The the, the, the craziest thing in this movie is like cool. the blood scene where we see blood on the ceiling. Um, it's when yeah. Hyde implies he can smell Mary Riley's pussy. Yeah, and the, and the baby. And which I just learned there's a word for that now. It's called vabbing, and it's been popular on vabbing. Vabbing. 
Is that with one B or two? Two Bs. Like dabbing, but vabbing. And so you you stick fingers. What is vabbing and does it really work? (laughs) I was literally just Googling this during one of whatever you were. One of you was talking about a reference I didn't know. And I I, I looked up. According oh to according to I fucking love science.com <laughs> Webster's dictionary defines vabbing. Can you read it? There's a new pseudoscience craze sweeping the internet and it involves inserting your fingers into your vagina then wiping them on your skin all in the name of seduction. Mhm. Oh boy. So so is this like the like Dab batat behind the ears and on the wrists like a perfume thing? I don't know. It didn't say placement, so I don't know. I saw the same thing as you and didn't get to go farther. Do you, like, 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 do you, like, do you mist a cloud and then step through it? I am on womenshealth.com, my Bible. And um, it says vabbing or vaginal dabbing, to be formal, is the art of strategically placing vaginal fluid in key areas like behind the ear and on the wrists. Okay. Okay, this, so do. advocates believe, is a potential way of becoming more alluring to romantic and sexual interests. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, one podcast, I, for no reason, stuck keys up my coot. That's for true. A bit. And so now I'll report back if, if I win anyone over vabbing tonight at a comedy <laughs> store. I'm going to go to the comedy store, a great place to pick up <laughs> a future lover. Hotties. <laughs> And do I a will little, do a little casual vab. I'll do a report. little vab before I go and report because I'm sober, but I can still vab. Mm-hmm. And just, vabbing is not, yeah, vabbing, vabbing no, no, is, not listen, as, listen, is not a controlled listen, substance. Listen, please, you do not smoke vabs. You do not smoke vabs. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Do not try. Do not try. Yeah, don't ever listeners, it. tune back into the Charlie Wilson's War episode <laughs> for the thrilling <laughs> conclusion of Cat's vabbing tale. <laughs> Tune, listen, listeners, one month from now, please tune back in for Charlie Wilson's War and Cat's Vabbing Tales. Vab alert. Vab alert. We're going to check in with... What's the vab... Cat, 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 cat. What's the vab status of the day? <laughs> it's bright and sunny. Up where the sun don't shine. <laughs> where the keys play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, 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 just somewhere there, somewhere there's a perfumer who has like the perfect, the one good palette in the world who can just like identify like your diet and lifestyle by like yeah. the scent well, there's of a lot, your vab. There is a lot that you know. There's pheromones and there's the gut biome. There's a yeah. lot there, but but that is really all I have to say on that particular subject. Wow. So. I'll let you know how it goes. Thank and you. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else. I think I just was really... Conv- okay, I'm going to give you my interpretation of this movie yeah, based please. on my media literacy of it, which was minimal. So we open, and it's kind of like if Downton Abbey was really even more boring. And yeah. it's just, If you can just imagine. Like, it's fog. like stairs, a lot of stairs, a lot of, and she's doing, she's doing work. We don't know why, but she's, she's working. She's and doing then, chars. And then chars. And then there's, there's a nail 
and there's an eel that is <laughs> I got skinned. to peel the eel. And then she's working for Dr. Jackal, and he <laughs> is really uh, smart. Kids out there are doing the Mary Riley challenge, which is just saying, <laughs> like, every third word in an Irish accent. Every third word in Irish every accent. Every third word. Every every third word. <laughs> every third word. And and he's like, hey, so at night, I have a, I have a friend who uses the laboratory. Don't talk to him. He's real, though. And she's like, you got it. And he's like, do you want to know where you got those scars? And she's like, I, I know where I got them. And he's like, where? And she's like, I'm not telling you. And then later, he's like, I'm charming and disarming. Tell me. And she's like, all right. And then there's horrible flashbacks of this terrible dynamic. One of my questions that I don't think I want an answer to is like, was there also like a molestation suggestion? Yeah, I think it is implied at least. Oh, okay. yes. Oh, most definitely. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so I think I I was I was like am I super sensitive to this film or am I or is are they actually going there? And No, they're going there. They, they, and it's um trying to go there whether it actually arrives is, there's there's something they, we've barely they, talked about. No, okay. Ahead. I think they I think they just I think they went there as much as they wanted to go there to suggest that they're going there, but not to completely confirm that they're going there so that yeah. not everyone watching it will arrive at that. Right. Because yeah. this is dangerous of liaisons where it leaves it as subtext instead of Bram Stoker's Dracula where <laughs> it's text. It's boldface text that yeah. they put on screen. Um, so there's something that we barely talked about, and I'm just going to operate under the impression that listeners have not uh, watched this film um but please watch along please watch <laughs> yeah, along yeah, yeah. put it please, on please, i think please play this as our as the audio commentary yeah please we'll go on for 45 more minutes just so we go for the entire length of the film um but there's something we haven't really talked about which is the visual understanding of dr jekyll and mr hyde that this film gives us there are many ways to do something like this Uh, In the modern era, one might be tempted to, uh, say, put an actor with a bunch of dots on their face, a la Mark Ruffalo, you know, making an Avengers film or something like that. There's another option, you know, your Van Helsing, your League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where he's just a big CGI goop man. Um, There's another option where you sort of dual cast and you do like, you know, somebody plays Dr. Jekyll and somebody else plays Mr. Hyde. What this film elects to do is that the big transformation that renders Dr. Jekyll unrecognizable to the staff that sees him every day, to anyone on the street. He cannot be identified. No one understands that these are the same person. And the visual distinction that this film draws is that they just put a black wig on John Malkovich. Well, no, they change wigs. Because because Hyde already has a very bad, like, puffy, like, cotton ball wig. Yeah, it's not it's not a great look. John Malkovich famously not a man with a ton of hair. Um, but they put a black wig on him and you're like, "Okay, interesting. We're just going with like a full 
just duality of man. You know, he just he, he looks slightly different, but like he's the same person. But then everyone in the movie is like, who is this guy? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so I'm not supposed to think that they look alike? I'm not supposed to think that, that these two men are similar? Baby Michael Sheen shows up in this film um, and says, like, well, maybe it's his son from a, from a stray wild oat <laughs> that, that he sowed back in college. And I'm like, so I'm just, I'm not supposed to think that these guys... Or this, I'm not supposed so, to understand. So okay, I, I I do think a I do think a the Clark Kent effect is real, like very small adjustments to fundamentally the same face with like dip with just no with like I do think there is such thing as body language in the face in which just oh hundred yes it's like, it completely like I do think a, like a lot of live performances like especially like there's a. a Jekyll and Hyde, there's a good reason a lot of Jekyll and Hyde has done very well as a stage musical, because... Where there's actually, a little further away. Well, A, but it's it's about... A lot of Jekyll and Hyde, I do think, needs to be body language, and... Mm-hmm. Like, you can lean into, yeah, the face isn't very different if they're performed very differently. The problem is that Malkovich doesn't play Hyde and Jekyll very differently. They're... Yeah, there's the face. There's the there's the Jekyll face. There, there, there's, there's the Hyde the, face. There's the face, but there's more to it than just like a, like two bad wigs and a, and a disposable facial hair. When Mary cells say something Hyde phobic, and you gotta hit him with that Jekyll stare. <laughs> gotta hit him with that Jekyll which is, stare. Which, since this isn't a a visual medium. It's kind of like your eyes at full aperture so that you can see the whites at the top of your pupils. Mm-hmm. It's just like a very bulbous look. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. not, it's, which I guess it on John Malkovich is, yeah, meant to look kind of alienating. Right. But he kind of, and he like draws his face back, you know, like an old man texting, you know, like he kind of <laughs> does, kind of does one of those. Kinda does yeah, one of these. yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, sweetie. Yeah, how's it? Hey, dear, how's it going? Yeah, you're 100%. a looker. Let me tell you. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, <laughs> it just it drove it, yeah. it, it drove me nuts. It, it, it looks goofy. It is I, and I think there is something to kind of blurring the line between Jekyll and Hyde, which I think this movie tries to do. Um, right. The movie knows that we know that we're in on the yeah, bit, right? Whereas the book that was inventing the bit, it's a mystery for. 90% of the right, book. Right, right. But then, um, at that point, you don't do... You don't... But if you're gonna do subtle changes where it's Jekyll... Where, the, where like, where the potion makes Jack makes Jekyll Hyde more of a, like, personality change than a, like, huge physiological change. Then you actually, you know, you actually put that all in the performance, which a lot of actors, yeah. including John Malkovich can do it's just that this movie wants its cake and wants and tries to have its cake and eat it too where it tries to do the big like grotesque body horror transformations but with very very mild results and very very mild differences in personality without leaning into the fundamental question which is who is jekyll and who is hyde like, right. if, if you want nuance, then make it about the nuance. I think there is a really compelling story where we can't really tell who's Jekyll and who's Hyde. 
if I went through a whole ass transformation where like a little me grew out of my chest and took over my form and I got buried inside myself until, right. you know, the potion wore off right. and I looked exactly the same, I'd be pissed. Right. It that I had so to go annoying. through all that. I'd be pissed. It just, Do they have the same accent? Yes. I don't remember. John Malkovich yeah. does not change the way he talks at all. There are very, there is just kind of the subtle nuances of it where it's, because both Jekyll and Hyde are horny freaks. They, they established that at the beginning. Right. Uh, I think that is what made it confusing is like just trying to track the whole time. Like, which one is she going to fuck? Because right. I feel like she's right. going to fuck one of them and which one. She actually doesn't it. seem that into the doctor. She seems way more into the evil one. So I thought that that was the main part of the story was like, mm-hmm. oh, you're attracted to things that are bad for you but then you didn't really see it play out either because it was like from her perspective and so i thought maybe they were like trying to tell a story there about like the nice guys finish last and sometimes (laughs) but also maybe the nice guys aren't good either why don't mary riley's ever go for nice guys (laughs) nice guys like dr jekyll just making potions they always go for big dumb jocks like mr chad hyde i think like i think it had to have been like like i needed like a like a patrick Dempsey or like a jude law to play the doctor and then i would need like a sexy like loki or something or just like an evil or david Tennant, just like a like the dark side to be but like both had to be sexy and the problem was that the doctor was not sexy at all and almost like creepy and like that didn't work because like the bad one's supposed to be bad and the sexy one he can be like sexy but like damaged Mm -hmm. but like he can't he can't be he can't give you the ick when he's flirting with her you know right no like cat you've kind of i think you've actually really hit the nail on the head in that this movie needed to be a like two person love triangle and that yeah. like mary needed a good needed good and bad reasons to be attracted to jekyll and hyde and i think like someone like that's what i thought they were going for yeah. and then i was like wait maybe i'm missing it the whole movie was me being like okay i think i know what i'm watching and then being like nope never mind nope. i must have missed something huge no, i'm lost yeah. again I, I think that I think you're gritting what they're intending. They're just failing to deliver. Because if they got a performance, like, I think David Tennant is actually a very good casting for this kind of story. Yeah. Because he can play... David Tennant is a versatile enough actor to be able to play both, like, attractive, like, bookworm. Or he might be a little gross, but eh, maybe it's just because he's, like, lonely and isolated. And also the big, gregarious, in-your-face, like takes what he wants and then he can go hello father yeah and then he he does he does the tongue thing uh sorry to keep referencing harry potter it's just it's fine it's fine we haven't brought up content warning yeah content yeah this is the content warning we need to notify people about yeah no one's no one gives a shit about the mary riley content uh please please no one check out the like four movie span of michael gambon no 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 one look into that please He's done a lot of other movies you can watch yeah, instead. Yeah, way better. There's also a great TV show called The Sing- Singing Detective. It's really good. Does he sing? Yes, he does. Well, no. Oh, worse. Spoiler. No, worse. Everyone, like, lip syncs to, like, different old-timey songs. It's very oh, strange and surreal. No, it's that sounds great. good. 
So like drag is what Basically, you're saying. Basically, it's like yeah, and it's I think like the framing device is like Philip Marlowe is like writing his like last story in the hospital. It's great. It's good shit. The um, character Philip Marlowe is writing a story. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, he has shit. like psoriasis, and his like skin is flaking off. The character. Wow, this sounds. This sounds. Wow, 1986 British television. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, Incredible. But yeah, this. The problem with this movie is that it has a lot of stuff that it wants to do, and it just be because of I it I feel like of a limited star. And a well, and also a director leaning on two people he knows how to work with, but not how to like do what he wants to do. It, the movie yeah, just it's... falls on its face because it's it's trying to do like, as I've said, it's trying to do it's trying to graft one movie on a trend that is doing the absolute opposite. Yeah, it's it's a bad. It's just the dials are wrong. Yes. It's a bad dial setting for the material. It's a bad, you know, mm. and you have two leads who are very poorly dialed in. Uh, it's it, they they did not calibrate the settings on this TV very well. Like it's just it's really not <laughs> dialed in very well. And you're right. Like it's it's you don't have to do a lot to really distinguish someone like the clark kent superman thing that we were talking about earlier just simply go back and watch the christopher reeve performance in in at least the original superman mm-hmm. and you will see like how much one person without really changing anything is besides like posture is can completely transform into a different person and honestly we see it every day with online conspiracies where they're like John Fetterman has been replaced by a series of five clones. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll the- has been replaced by Mr. Hyde. Trust the plan. Trust the plan. Trust the plan. Trust the plan. Doc- you know, where all that changed about John Fetterman was like lighting and focal length. But like <laughs> people think that he's just a completely different person now. You have to you know? check the ears, Kevin. You have to check the clavicles. Right. Of course. Because again, lighting and focal length. Uh, if we taught people about focal lengths of lenses, they'd shit. They'd shit. They'd lose their mind. You can make a person's face completely different. Let me get my fucking 15 millimeter in there. You'll see. <laughs> You'll all see. Uh, but yeah, all right, it's just, it's the, the dials are wrong. Yeah. And because the dials are wrong, the soup not come out so good. Mm-hmm. Soup come out bad. Glenn, Glenn bad Close soup. actually Cold? got it closest into what the trend was. Uh-huh. No, hey, yeah. like That's why they call her Glenn Close. Yeah. No, because she is just this like in the most intense like performance like she she understood the assignment she like did. she was like this is what this movie is supposed to be uh-huh. and no one else may catch up or again maybe they filmed her scenes first and then lost the plot but uh-huh. hers is where the movie was supposed to go yes like hey. that is the movie we were supposed to watch it's like hey hey th- this like hey. sleep like what like, it's basically what if jekyll and hyde fucked <laughs> and We've we've got Glenn as this like fast talking like like you know Hudson Hawk madam, who's just like uh, who j- who just like basically like swindles everybody. Great killer. All right. So hot. Oh yeah, yes, the hottest performance in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, hey, bummer, right? Hey, no. hey, 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 what, hey, Kevin? Hey, what, hey, you hey, what, hey, hey, what, Kevin? I have a joke. Are you, are you all ready for I'm, this? Oh, I don't it's know, Kevin. It's gonna be funny. Glenn Close has never won an Academy Award, but has been nominated eight times. Too bad. Close, but no cigar. 
You can't, the, the listener can't see, but I will not stop toasting that joke. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. It was, was, okay. I just need you to explain the joke for me. So <laughs> was the only, was the only part of the joke that close but no cigar or is there a cigar reference as well was the only no, it's, layer it's just close close is the punch it's line. Ju- okay no, it's okay no, yeah it's no close it's also okay ringing. i don't know okay so the phrase no no I i'll see. explain well, it i'll explain no, it. no no i know so what the, close but no cigar i so thought the there had to have been is close but no cigar well, no, i know because sometimes the cigar is i, just I know cigar. this part i thought you there was gonna be another there, layer i didn't quite get it but the second layer of the joke and uh-huh. this, this is a real thinker. You're going to get this uh-huh. on the way home. Is that her name is Glenn Close. No, no, I knew that part too. I knew oh, wait, that part what? too. Oh, I guess okay, I thought I'm there lost. was going to be another layer. I'm, lost. I'm sorry, and, can, I, can um, you explain this part? I, I don't get it. I don't, I, I don't trust Kevin to like get it in a way I do. Well, if I have to explain the joke, I mean, like, you know, it's it, it ruins the joke. Ruined. It was funny. It was funny. People laughed. People laughed. It's a good bit. Yeah. Oh, Glenn. So good. She's Mm. Looking forward to watch you these guys again. I'm looking forward to you guys uh, trying to find her in Hook. Oh yeah, oh. I'm very excited. I know who I've never seen Hook, but I know of who Glenn Close is. Is I've seen the image of the Glenn Close in the Hook. Mm-hmm. The Hook. So uh, in the Hook by the Steven Spielberg starring mm. the Julia Roberts. That's it. That's Glenn Close. I'm th- All right, so question for the group. Are you a good Terminator, a bad Terminator, or a neutral Terminator? Am, am I a Jekyll, a Hyde, or a Mary? No, are you a good Terminator? This is a line from Hillbilly Elegy uh, starring Glenn Close, uh, where Glenn Close uh. says, Every, everyone's famously, either. Those famously non-combatant Terminators. Terminators that only do, like, what, like, filing? Like, non-combatants? The book, <laughs> the book written by right-wing grifter J.D. Vance. Oh, my God. Um, the, and, oh and God. his grandma, who he made up, uh, for the book mm. that is his memoir. Uh, a guy, a guy uh, who insists his double chin is because he ate like buttered grits all day, and not because he works at a computer. Mm-hmm. Not because he work on computer. Grandma Glenn Close is watching Terminator Two and says, "Everyone's either a good Terminator, a bad <laughs> Terminator, or a neutral Terminator." I, I gotta be a bad Terminator. I can't. This I performance can't and punches. film was nominated for multiple Academy Awards. Oh, whatever. Who gives a shit? This is one of her eight nominations. Close but no cigar. So she's never won. Mm-mm. Never won. Close but no cigar. Otherwise, the joke isn't funny. Mm-hmm. It's very funny now. Did, but it wouldn't be funny did then. Did she ever get nominated she's... for an Emmy for her stuff on West Wing? Uh, almost certainly for Damages, right? You'd think. When... Close Emmy. Cause she do do. Cause she has done a fair bit of TV. Has Glenn Close won an Emmy? Uh, is a three-time Emmy Award winner, three-time Tony Award winner, oh. three-time mm. Golden Globe Award winner, two-time SAG Award winner. Close but no there's, cigar. There's just yeah. There was something. She's just so. The way that she performs is the way that I often clock like a British performer, where I'm mm-hmm. just like, whoa. You have a training. You have a, you have a thing about you right. that makes you different. 
And so, yeah, that is surprising that the Oscar isn't there. I there's actually preci- thought she was British. You are right, because there's, like, a precision to British performance. Like, 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 they're acting. Like, as Laurence Olivier said, like, you know, don't don't be the marathon man. Just act. Just act, right. When Dustin Hoffman stayed up for 24 hours to look tired in a movie, and he's like, have you ever tried acting, darling? But also in the <laughs> British school of acting, they are better at teaching both comedy and drama. Well, they actually which teach is like, comedy. They teach comedy, which is why, like, every famous British actor had a sketch comedy show. Like, Emma Thompson had the Emma Thompson sketch comedy show, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not something that we in America would think of her as doing. But, um. Yeah, no one would mostly think of Emma Thompson. Or, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman, a comedy show. Right. Well, Hoffman could have done it. He could have. He could have. Performance in. But that's him acting in spite of the American acting tradition, not as a result. Exactly. He just happens to be a, a multi-talented, multifaceted sort of sort of performer. But you're right, Tom Cruise is not doing that. Um, Tom Cruise cannot do sketch comedy, nor can he be uh, the hottest person imaginable in the film Much Ado About Nothing, directed mm-hmm. by Kenneth Branagh. That's all I got for you. Honestly, Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh both. Say, so anyway, Kenny, let's objectify Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> It, for the true, rest true. of this podcast. Wait, 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 was Emma Thompson the mom in uh, Frankenstein? No. Okay. I don't think so. But she was in Much Ado About Nothing. She, she was. also was married to Kenneth Branagh. Know, she was in his wedding vows. She was once in a church getting married to Kenneth Branagh. Uh, she was also Nanny McPhee. Mm-hmm. So good. And uh, she returned famously. She's in... Uh, Love Actually. Love Actually. Uh, getting Stranger cut. Than Fiction. She's in for Junior, reason. the movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. That's true. She <laughs> is in that. Kat, have you not seen the poster for the movie Junior, the movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant? <laughs> I don't believe it's, so. it's a banger. It's a banger of a poster. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, just give me, you just give me a second to go to my friend googleimages.com. Created by Jennifer Lopez is the dress. They created Google Images because of how the internet started breaking when people needed a place to look up Jennifer Lopez in her dress at a particular awards show, red carpet event. It's that like is a Versace true. Dress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thinking about it. Incredible. Thinking about that dress, as was the world. Anyway, there's the poster for Junior. Uh, starring, oh, starring, starring Schwarzenegger, DeVito, and Emma Thompson. Wow. And Ivan Reitman film. That man. Nothing, nothing is inconceivable. Not, nothing. They, that man was our governor. He, That's crazy. He was your governor. Yeah, that man was your one, governor. It apparently, like, was a pretty moderate one, as far as I understand. Yeah, he was yeah. pretty moderate. He was pretty, uh, somewhat effective and moderate governor, especially by contemporary Republican standards. Oh, yeah. Damn. Uh, yeah, anyway, I think uh, we've talked more about the film Mary Riley than anyone on the planet Earth mm. ever has. I'm sure including everyone in the, in it. <laughs> Steven, director Stephen Frears has not talked about this film as much as we have here tonight. What has he worked on? Uh, director Stephen Frears? Mm-hmm. Uh, many films. He's actually had kind of like a nice uh, 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 career. Um, obviously, he worked on Dangerous Liaisons, which is oh High Fidelity. High Fidelity, great and film. Philomena, good film. Dirty Pretty Things, good film. So where did this come from? 
Well, this comes out of Dangerous Liaisons, it's, which is the film he makes immediately yeah. previous. It, like, it, it's, a, it's one of those things where, where producers see a movie and then get where producers in one studio make a movie and the producers in another studio see the movie and want that team to do it for them. <laughs> get me one of those. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, he did so The creative. Grifters, which is like a solid movie. And he also did a TV movie called... Me, I'm afraid of Virginia Woolf. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny. That, that's a repressed great. night school teacher, secretly homosexual, struggles to cope with his demanding eccentric mother. That's not what I thought it would be I, about. No. <laughs> I mean, I've, I but mean, I, I've watched movies with worse premises. Six plays by Alan Bennett. Uh, sounds good. It's uh, wait, who's? It stars uh, Julie Walters, uh, who, sorry to evoke it again, but uh, many may know as Molly Weasley. Emma Thompson was Professor Tortellini. Trelawney. <laughs> Professor Tortellini. Tor- <laughs> the school of Pasta Fangu. Tortellini. She could see the future. Tortellini. Professor Trabani. No, yeah, that's if if J.K. Rowling ever had to name an Italian. Oh, thank God she never did. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> Professor Pasta Fazul. Everybody, please meet your new Defense Against the Darts Arts teacher, uh, Pizza Pasta. He's yeah, a boxer meet your new, from Italy. Meet, meet your new potions professor, Boot Mussolini, uh, is <laughs> the name of this person. Ugh, I, I know what she at one point threatened to introduce a Jewish character, and everyone just said, Anthony no. Goldstein, Ravenclaw, it, Jewish yeah, wizard. Anthony Wolfstein. It was Anthony Goldstein. People were like, someone tweeted. Oh, 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 oh what? What was Moisha Rothschild taken? Exactly. Everyone, uh, everyone, someone tweeted at J.K. Rowling, and this was before she said that wizards used to poop on the floor and <laughs> disappear. I think this was, but I think, I think this was after she said Native American wizards didn't know how to use wands, but knew how to shapeshift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. She said that. Um, yeah, she said that, and someone was like, are there Jewish wizards at Hogwarts? And she made up a character who's not mentioned in the books and said, Anthony Goldstein, <laughs> Ravenclaw, Jewish wizard. Ravenclaw. Uh, 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 hi, Ravenclaw. hi, everyone. This is, this is my Jewish character, David Banksburg. <laughs> <laughs> my original character, do not steal. <laughs> they used to wizards used to poop on the floor and they would make it go away with magic. Just pissing shit on the floor in like the nineteen forties. Like, like we had plumbing. We had it for they a had, long we time. Had plumbing. We had plumbing. Emily, Emily, I don't it. think you're listening to this one either. But we have been talking about poop a lot. Yeah. So, sorry. I'll, I'll warn you. But sorry. in case you've gotten this far again, JK, sorry. JK, JK, we, we, JK, we, we already have Seamus Finnegan as an Irish character. We get another one. Okay, here's Mary an Irish character Wiley. who specializes in blowing things up, which is very. I think the last topical. thing I think the last thing I have to say about Mary Riley is that <laughs> it was really hard for me to remember what I was trying to Google because I kept trying to write Mary Shelley and then I'd be like, no, that's Frankenstein. <laughs> and then I'd be like, what is it? And then I would have to look up J. 
Julia Roberts, Mary, and then it would go Mary Shelley, and then I couldn't watch it at that time. So I had to do that like three different times because I could not remember the title of this film. Well, nah, Mary Shelley uh, was uh, the iconic goth GF, kept her like husband's crushed up skull in the binding of a book. You know, she was cool. I, I, I did see, admittedly, I read this on Wikipedia, but it had like a citation link. So I think I'm sure at least one person believes it. But there mm-hmm. is a reading on Jekyll and Hyde in that it's in that the Hydeness is more about <laughs> Scottish occupation. <laughs> in that in that that, uh, Jekyll is the like oppressive English presence and Hyde is the oppressed Mm. Scottishness of Scotland that like apparently Stevenson was like drawing from I think Stevenson either like was Scottish or had Scottish family and I know there, there were like a bunch of like news stories that did inspire this one of which involved one of robert louis stevenson's friends um yeah who was like a school teacher who like poisoned a ton of people mm -hmm. um oh shit yeah so like and i but i think because a lot of that happened in scotland some bored academic said uh actually hyde hyde isn't a murderous psychopath because he's like suppressed id he's just scottish it's like reading an H.P. Lovecraft story, and he's like, what if there was a Greek person? <laughs> the Innsmouth the, the look is just looking like Balkan. Guy comes around and sprays Windex on you. It's the most terrifying thing you've ever, you've ever seen. Like, like as, like, H.P. Lovecraft is, like, trembling in horror as he looks in the mirror, his reflection just takes a bite of a hero. <laughs> Ah, ah. Oh, oh, that's that's too many seasonings in one roll of meat. Your last name has a Z in it. Ooh, ooh. Uh, yeah, this has been our very spooky episode. About, uh, <laughs> yeah, on that about, note. About Mary Riley. Uh, Justin, why don't you tell the good people where they can find you if they've heard this and still want to know if, more about you? If you've heard this and you can bear listening to me further... Uh, you can catch me on Movies for Babies, which I make with Kevin and our friend Vern. Uh, it's a movie podcast similar to this. We talk about movies for babies. So, you know, it's like Baby Einstein, the Becky Yardigans. uh, (laughs) No, we've never covered anything like that. (laughs) Um, with all three hosts. Um, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, you can also catch me uh, every once in a while on um, OK Stupid and our spinoff show, um, Who Wants to Be a Chode. <laughs> Did my Dan Brown game show episode of that ever come out? I think so. I hope so. I need to double I don't, check. I don't I'm know if sure. it did. Yeah, I don't know if it did. Um, anyway uh that's uh well, thank you thank you justin for uh suffering through this film but I, making this a very hard, enjoyable hardly uh, suffering hard wonderful uh cat any any plugums from you i'm cat scott you can find me on instagram at cat scott online happy halloween happy halloween don't wear a mask or you'll get hit by a car 
Those are the rules. Um, I am, of course, TV's Kevin Lanigan everywhere on all this stuff. Uh, Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. For as little as $1 a month, you get uh, these episodes of this very show at least one week early. I just put out one like a month early. So you know what? That's um, <laughs> Y'all uh, y'all can enjoy some of that. Uh, you can get backlogs of other shows. And uh, right now I'm really got my nose to the grindstone and I'm working on a book. Um, I've put up uh, like 14,000 words in the last month. So if you want to support me working on that book, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. Uh, not ready to talk about it publicly. Can talk about it after, uh, we stop recording. <laughs> can, okay. can talk about that later. Just not ready for public Sounds consumption good. just yet. Um, yeah. I've been writing ghost stories actually for years. I've been writing. I love that. Summer camp and ghost stories, but it's in my game. And my game is in my link in bio, which you'll find in my Cat Scott online. So if you do your thorough Bam. stalking, you'll you'll find your way. You'll find those ghost stories. You'll find those spooky, scary stories. In case this film and this podcast was not spooky, scary enough for you, uh, please <laughs> enjoy uh, the theme music that I stole from the children's cartoon show Arthur. Um, and uh, it's all it's all I want for a you. A show we've also um, covered on Movies for Babies. We have not. Justin is a fucking. I don't know why he's doing this bit. We have not talked about Arthur, um, e- even once. Um, nor have we talked about uh, uh, the the musical of Jekyll and Hyde that I saw at Missouri State Thespian Conference. Whoa. Uh, oh God! Where the lead actor playing Jekyll and Hyde every time he had to sustain a note would begin, like top of hands down to his side and raise it up to essentially like oh zombie level a classic and a did classic it, move did it every single time no less than a half dozen times. <laughs> he had to just refresh the diaphragm just like being edwin Hyde. and he's like raise it up um sorry before we leave can you just explain to me, like, the basic premise of Jekyll and Hyde? So there's oh. a doctor, <laughs> and why does he turn into a guy? No. Because okay, he wants to stuff. be a sick, nasty freak and not feel bad yeah. about it. All right, here's the premise of Jekyll and Hyde. We follow uh, the executor of uh, Dr. Jekyll's estate, and he finds a mysterious man entered into Dr. Jekyll's will. And don't forget Mr. the policeman Hyde. who sees Hyde beat the shit out of a child. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. It's an incident. Um, it's mostly about contract law. It's mostly about will and testaments. And uh, the they have to go find this Hyde guy. And it turns out he's like a little nasty. And uh, they keep trying to find him. And then uh, it turns out... It, yeah, so Dr. Jekyll... Essentially, the motivation for Dr. Jekyll is he wants to cut a little loose. He wants to get a little sick, a little nasty. So he makes up a little potion and the first time he takes the potion he's having a little fun he's cutting loose he's having a good time you know he he falls asleep and he wakes up and he's had a good time and then gradually you know he needs the potion more and more to What's keep he having making a good the, time uh the potion for it to like get lit yeah basically yeah, to, like he wants to, to he wants to act he wants to basically like concentrate all of his like bad urges into a second personality so that he can then express his bad urges through that second personality rather than deal with the guilt as his normal self. Mm, it, okay. it, it's literal okay, okay, compartmentalizing. Okay. Yeah, it's really compartmentalizing, and he tries to quit the potion for a little while, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take. He needs. He loves the potion. 
And, and he and he keeps turning into Hyde involuntarily, like right. He, and and he doesn't know that for a while. It 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 comes to but Hyde is like leaving messages for him, and he comes. It's a while before he realizes he's the same guy. Um. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I don't know, boring book, but the audiobook's like three hours, so you've got a long drive. What would be the most embarrassing vice that Hyde was indulging on Jekyll's behalf? Because I feel like it's it's hard to beat Warhammer. Warhammer, he's buying Warhammer figurines. Yeah, he's he's buying, and he's like, he's spending spending thousands of dollars on minifigs and like endless hours painting them. Yeah, Hyde is spending endless hours reloading old saves of Baldur's Gate 3 because he figured out a slightly better way to do a quest. So he's replaying like eight hours of Baldur's Gate 3 mm-hmm. so he can so he can do a quest differently. That's my Mr. Hyde, uh, a guy with infinite time. Alternatively, and, um, Dr. Jekyll just invents poppers. He just sure. invents amyl nitrate. Sure, why not? I think it would be cool. Movie studio, call me. There's a trademarked idea. What if... Doctor, what if what if what if Doctor Jekyll was two people? They were a couple, and they took the potion so they could get sick, nasty, and engage in their sick, nasty side. And then you know, but they kind of become like a natural born killers kind of situation. Ooh. Is that good? No. Yes. 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 I want a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, where Mister Hyde stays Hyde, goes on social media, explains he needs his medicine to stay his authentic self. Uh, but mm. if you like subscribe, if you like pay the certain amount, you can get. He will deliver the like potion to you, so that you can feel your true authentic self. Oh, you can get his brain force potion. Exactly, exactly. You can get the pink sauce, like just delivered to you online, mm. and everyone just kind of becomes Hyde's. Mister Hyde just starts posting like Jordan Peterson. He's like, "This is mm-hmm. space. The woke duck." Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going crazy. Well, no, no, I, well, he'll, no, but he'll also do, like, mental health TikToks where he's like, no, you don't understand. Like, like, neurotypicals just don't have a split personality. They just have, they're just one whole person. They're just not, they're just not two people, a normal person and, like, a cave person who just lives inside what, them. What neurotypicals don't understand is that ADD gives you four separate personalities. And I'm like, I'm sorry, TikTok person. I don't think that's what ADD is. You don't understand. understand. ADD makes me one of the people from Wanted. I can make bullets bend. (laughs) I can bend a bullet. This has been Run the Julias for October. Uh, Don't kill an eel. An eel is a cool guy. Don't kill it. Eels are cool. We don't know where they come from. We don't know where they come the from. Link. We don't. I read an article that says we don't know. They come from my and heart. I, and I believe it. Nourish an eel. Love an eel. Kiss an eel. Hey. Hey, listeners. Go kiss an eel. Uh, we didn't talk about it at all. Is this on the Julia Mount Rushmore? We put Mary Riley on there? Oh, Is this in the Julia Museum? Are I there think like... in the Julia Museum, if you brought in like Mary Riley merch, they're like, get that the fuck out of here. Mary Riley is a warning sign. Mary Riley shows up as like she's doing like the she's like has her like hands up. She's making a scary face. Like no, parents, you, there's are a lot of kids engaging with Mary Riley. There's a lot of like Glenn Close merch, <laughs> like Glenn Close's character. Kids can wear like her crazy madam hat <laughs> with, 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 with like the little like beaded curtain veil. Yeah, hell yeah, style icon. Glenn, this is on Glenn Close's. Julia's Mount Rushmore. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's not on 
Glenn's either, but this is Ju- Glenn being on Julius Mount Rushmore. Uh, yeah. On the one woman Mount Rushmore between Julia Roberts and Glenn Close is this lone mountain. <laughs> but what a mountain it is. What a mountain. Cut. <laughs> one day I went to the library. I found this book. It was great. Was so cool I couldn't put it down. Even when it got pretty late. That night I had a scary dream. I mixed my own secret potion. Added dirt, a bit of sludge, some eyes of flies, and a tiny dab of suntan lotion. I started shaking, my legs were quaking, my stomach aching, my brain was breaking. Started turning green, feeling mean. Like in that story, I was acting strange, quite deranged, it was pure allegory. Allegory, a story where the characters stand for abstract ideas. For example, good and evil. Cause I was Jekyll, Jekyll High, Jekyll High, High, Jekyll. Jekyll, Jekyll High, Jekyll High. Jekyll, Jekyll High, Jekyll High, High, Jekyll. Jekyll, Jekyll High, Jekyll High. When I awoke, I was me again. I hit the book out of sight It was so cool I couldn't keep away So I took it out again that night And then I dreamed we had this test in school I gotta say it was weird We had to give the answers in semaphore And for extra credit grow a beard I couldn't take it, just couldn't take it In one swift motion I grabbed my potion <laughs> I said, Mr. Hyde has arrived, tossed my flags on the floor, made a major speech, told the teeth, this is all a big bore. Ran down all the halls, rode on walls, even stole second base. I was super bad, sure was glad I wasn't wearing my face. Cause I was Jekyll, Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll. Jekyll, Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll Hyde. Jekyll, Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll. Jekyll, Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll Hyde. This was too much, I simply had to stop. I just kept on changing anyway. Now I was Jekyll, Jekyll High, Jekyll High, High Jekyll, Jekyll, Jekyll High, Jekyll High, Jekyll, Jekyll High, Jekyll High, High Jekyll, Jekyll, Jekyll High, Jekyll High. Just when it seemed there was no way out, I saw the book was overdue. The book lady said, "Are you returning?" I thought, and I said, no, renew. This is just the best part of my day.